This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome back to another week of the Storm Center podcast. I'm your host, Drew Everhart. So we're going to be talking about all the other sports that have gone on over the past week, and then we'll bring in former host John Kay to talk about football. So far, we got women's soccer. They are killing it out on the field with a record of 5-0-1 so far. They're looking to add two wins this week against as they, go, as they travel to Denison, and they will be at home against Agastana. And... Other news with the women's soccer team. Freshman Ellie Price took home the MIAA Defensive Athlete of the Week. So congratulations to Ellie Price on that. That team's going to be really good this year. Uh, women's tennis so far is 3-0 on the season. I believe they started their season last Tuesday, including a sweep of Franklin on Sunday. They will be traveling down to Anderson University on Friday. Women's volleyball is four and five, stumbling out of the gates with three straight losses, but they have won three of four over the past week, including splitting including splitting matches at the Battle of the Point. And they're looking to bounce back at the Hanover Invitational. That's a long drive. That's the complete opposite side of the state. So good luck to the women's volleyball team. Women's golf finished sixth at the Aquinas College Invite an eighth for the Kyle Campbell invite. They're up at Albion. I believe they tee off in about a half hour from when we were recording as they're going to compete in the first MIAA Jamboree. Women's cross country will compete in their second meet at Mount St. Joseph on Friday. And now we go on to the men's side of sports. Men's soccer is three and two, looking to add two this week after falling to Benedict Benedictine. These names are tough. Two, two to one. They will be at Otterbine and playing on Shive Field versus DePaul later on this week. Men's tennis is 2-0 and after their first week of matches, including a sweep of Manchester on Tuesday. They're looking to go 2-0 and again this week at Goshen and at Anderson. And freshman Cole Goodman won the MIAA Player of the Week, killing in one singles and also, I believe, th- number three doubles. Congratulations to Cole. Men's golf finished fourth at the MIAA Jamboree at Albion and seventh at the Aquinas College Invite. They are out on Zollner right now as we speak, and they will head to Adrian this week for the Irish Hills Invitational. Also starting off their season this week, ACHA D2 Men's Hockey will have a home opener on Friday against U of M, and they will travel there on Sunday. And finally, men's cross country will have their second meet at Mount St. Joseph. All right, let's bring in John Kay here to talk about football game. Uh, kind of a heartbreaking loss. Trine falls to Rose Holman, 31-30. to uh, We'll just talk about our thoughts on that. Yeah, it was uh, – well, first off, I would like to say what a game. I mean, oh, yeah. down 14 points, just no quit in the team. And that's a, a stark difference, I think, from the team we saw two years ago when we mm-hmm. had the, you know – the actual true fall season, which feels like feels like forever ago. Oh, man. But that 2019 season where this team struggled, I feel like when they got down, they got, you know, the body language slipped a little bit. Yeah. Shoulders slumped. 
uh, heads down. This team, completely different team. And uh, it's a very welcome sight. I mean, you got to love the comeback kids, right? Oh. We talked about it all the time during softball last yep. year, how much fun it was watching that team come from behind. It gets the heart pumping, keeps you invested. Obviously, you don't want to see it every week. But right. um, a lot of positives to take away from this week. Alex Price throwing the football. Whew. Wow. <laughs> we know he can run it. We know how effective he is as a runner, um, which we saw also. I mean, Rose Holman yep. had a tough time stopping him in the first half. So a lot of positives to take away. The defense, man, that defensive line, when they, they did were their on. Job. Oh, yeah. When they were on, they were on. Yep. But um, <clears throat> just a couple times where it felt like calling the game, the defense might have lost focus just a touch. Yeah. But I see that. Um, overall, that defense, I think that defense could be something special this oh, year. Oh, man. The secondary struggled at times. We saw that, but again, there's not really that much. I mean, the most that a Rose Holm receiver had was 97 yards and a touchdown. Not your most ideal stats to give up there, but man, overall, that defense did pretty well. And as you said, with a couple years ago, you're down like that. Heads are down and all that. The crowd at halftime kind of felt the same way. Down 14, it was kind of... Just quiet. No one really knew what to do. But then, man, it got electric in that in the stands. I don't know if you could hear that in the booth or not. Yeah, the whole booth was shaking, yeah. dude. Like <clears throat> some of those third downs, man. I mean, you'd have thought we were playing for a national title right, right. there. It was incredible. I love. Oh man, I told I said it on the broadcast too. But isn't it so nice having fans back in the stands I remember, at like full capacity? I could have swore I said that about every softball game last oh, year. Yeah. Just well, I mean, it those felt so good. Those weren't really like full full capacity. Right. There was some. There was open seats, but but like, it was way better than how it was an MTI for basketball. It yeah. was just cavernous. Yeah, and but last night, man, every seat was empty. But yeah. that was because everybody was standing up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just. It was incredible, and that's what college football is all about. And then, I mean, man, just coming back like they did, incredible effort. I mean, the only way that that game is any better as a trying, as a fan, strictly as a fan, as yeah. a broadcaster, it was awesome. Yeah. Nothing better than a close game. I hate calling blowouts. They are boring. Uh. <laughs> they are boring. I don't care if we're winning or losing. Blowouts are boring. Yeah, you, you just Cannot find stuff to talk about oh, absolutely after three not. quarters but, of the game. But close games, they keep you engaged the whole time. Yep. And everything feels so, so more important. Such. Such more important. No. No. Much more important. Much. There, we there go. you go. Uh, words are hard and can't believe <laughs> I want to talk for a living and I can barely speak <laughs> English half the time. But every play just seems that much more important. Yep. And it's just... As an announcer, it's awesome. As a fan, it's incredible. It gives you, you know, you have to pay attention the whole game. In a blowout, you can sit there on your phone scrolling through Twitter or whatever. Yeah. <coughs> Ugh, dry throat problems. I forgot my water bottle. But it's just, it was it was a really good game. I mean, like, again, like I said, the only way it could have been better as a, as a trying fan is trying winning. Yep. And, and that game was really good and surprisingly... It was close for trying not really having that much of a running game. Like we said, Price did really good in the first half, but then they kind of stopped it. Zane Kirby only had 35 yards with a touchdown, but we're used to seeing way bigger numbers out of him. 
Uh, Connor Arthur of 89 yards receiving. Kyron Pearson, he was electric you on offense. You cannot guard him one-on-one. No. You can't guard him one-on-one. Absolutely not. Because he had 87 yards and a touchdown. But also on the special teams play, 131 yards on five kick returns. And there was a couple times where you thought he was going to the house, but just one more guy was there. Yep. He got pushed out running down the for us the far sideline. If you were watching the broadcast on the near sideline, I believe it was like the 40 or 50. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Um, huge return and in a spot where we needed it. Yeah. And I was tell I remember telling Andy in between breaks, I said, Kyron's going to go have a big kickoff return because we need, and, and we need him to have one because we need some momentum. Yeah. Th- that's this is- all he did was just bring the momentum. It was very much needed and could not have come at a better time when yeah. he was doing kick returns. I think the first one that he almost broke was the one where he got shoestring tackled going I've, through the hole. I think you're right on that. Yeah. I think that was the first big return, but still, that's at like the 35-yard line, 30-yard yeah. line. I mean, the whole crowd, you could feel you could feel the electricity because he hit that hole, and you're like, you're like oh, 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 my. Oh. If, that, if, he, if he gets through there, he's gone. Yeah. And he just... You see him coming out of the coming out of it and just gets tripped up and it's like oh, yeah. but I think that gave the offense the boost they needed and then he rips off the big one where he ends up at the you know almost the fifty yard line. Yep. And again, it's just that much shorter for the offense to go, but they were starting to roll at that time. So double positives. It's really again the something that we've kind of lacked is the big plays. So yeah, seeing, seeing Pearson have. The two big kick returns and then the go route down the sideline, mm-hmm. Price just all Price had to do was put it on him. Yep. Uh, I mean, that corner was nowhere near him. <laughs> yeah, but you got to be on the lookout for KP because he's going to toast everyone. You better have either double him or you better have the quickest receiver, not a uh, corner you have to stop him. Yeah, you gotta have you gotta have some type of help. You can't you can't press up on him because he's no. he's so quick off the line that he's he's gonna he's gonna burn you. Yeah, and that's I mean again that's huge for an offense that has kind of lacked the big play. Right. So I mean, big plays help everybody out, and a run game like you said, run game not really there this weekend. No. Uh, Price and Kurt Price really good in the first half. A couple of them were scrambles. But yeah. Uh, Kirby just nowhere to go late mm-hmm. in late in that game when he did end up scoring the touchdown he put together a couple of really good runs there and yeah when you're sitting there thinking you're like all right this is where he's going to start to open up the game and can slow it down a little bit take it down score and then we'll have the momentum starting to wear the defense out a little bit but then just after that drive couldn't really get it going again yeah it, it's frustrating both I- I feel as a player, also as a fan, because you know how great Kirby can be. Just it just wasn't able to happen. But uh, like we said, the defense had a combined sack. They did amazing and had five tackles for loss and an interception. Yeah, Man. I think the stat book doesn't really tell the whole story though. No. With the with the one sack, I think it was uh, trying to remember who they gave each half to. I think, I think it was it was Javon and. Uh, it was Kendall Himes and Jacob Jackson. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Jamon Gibson. That kid off the edge. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. Ooh. I'm I'm glad I'm sitting up in the booth and <laughs> in the re- recording studio right now because 
I used to play offensive line, and yep. Yep, no thanks. I'm good. <laughs> getting, I'm good. You get in his way, you're uh, you're in for a rough one. Yeah, and I mean he's got he's got the speed off the edge that you have to you have to respect the speed rush. Yep. But he's also got the strength enough that you know if you get on your heels, he's gonna he's gonna flatten you, and he's gonna run through you with a bull rush. So, uh, it, oh man, it could be a really again that defense. They have the potential to be something. Yeah. Really special. Saint uh, Angel Sanchez and Aaron Dean. At times, kind of a kind of a rough night. Yeah, but overall, those two on the outside hand. Yeah, going up against good. the two receivers that they that Rose Holman had. He had a, I think one of them was like an all conference for Rose Holman. The other one, he was just speedy. Yeah, Noah Thomas. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's uh, names all over the record. Rose Holman record book. Him yep. and uh, the quarterback Andrew Dion, and you could tell. I mean, those guys had. Had a really good connection, but again, our corners, they did really good. Yeah. There was only one really blown coverage, and that's when Thomas scored, and it was like a 10-yard in route, and he yeah. was wide open took it to the house. <laughs> but the defense overall, and one thing I love about this defense, they are really young. When you go through the depth chart, and you know it's going to get better and better. You know, Kyle Nafe, he's a, I think he was a preseason All-American on watch. And rightfully so. I mean, yeah, that guy, no kidding. Uh, my he's Lord. everywhere. He uh, heat-seeking missile <laughs> yeah. is, I think, the correct term to describe Kyle Nafe. So athletic. I mean, he's got running back vision as a linebacker, and you yeah. can. I, I mean, linebacker, you have to be the equivalent of a running back on defense. You have to pick out the hole, and you have to beat the back there. And man, he's so much fun to watch. He always, yeah. always seems to be around the football. Always seems to be around yeah. the football. Same thing with uh, Tyler Pollard. I mean. They were both, it seemed like, in on every tackle. Yeah. If it got past the defensive line. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, I can't, you can't say it enough. This, this defense, if they can stay healthy and put it together, they have a chance to be really good. Yeah. And, and like we said last week, you know, the D line had to work on some things. They did really well. So they're just going to keep on improving. This team's going to be really fun to watch, especially this Saturday. Right. You just have to get better every rep. I mean, that's every, everybody knows it and that's what they work on. And, I'm sure Coach Abs is stressing that right now. Yep. Well, not right at this very moment, but at practice. And yeah. This is a team that I think they're they're picked third to I know okay. I know they were picked third to finish in the MIAA, but I think they have a chance to really shake it up and make a lot of those people question, eh, why didn't why didn't we think about putting them maybe a spot higher? But yeah. Only time will tell, and it's a long, long season. So this loss kind of stings, but there's enough, enough good in there mm-hmm. for everybody to go. Okay, we can we can do something here, and there's enough stuff to learn from that. It's like okay, if we do these things that much better, you know, we win the game. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Coach Abs, let's uh, go ahead and talk about the two point conversion attempt at the end of the game. Uh, what are your thoughts on the call? Oh man, I this is it's tough because again I don't get paid to make that decision, right? But the uh, NCAA fourteen head coach in me was definitely sitting there <laughs> thinking, why not go for it? You know, why not? We're down there, we've got the momentum, and I was sitting there and I was just kind of quiet and Andy's talking and he's like, what do you do if we get down and score? And I was like, Oh God, I was really hoping you wouldn't ask me this. <laughs> and I really want to say something like go for two, but I feel like I'm going to sound dumb. So I'm not going to, I'm just, I'm, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
again, I see, I see the benefits to going for it. And mm. <clears throat> it wasn't a bad play call. I know personally I'd have ran some kind of rollout pass or more of a rollout pass. I can't really remember if Price rolled out. I feel like he sat in the pocket. Uh, but I've, if he might have taken like one or two steps. Right. I can't, but, I can't really remember. I was trying to see who was going to get open because there's no room to operate in the end zone nope. on a two-point conversion. Um, overall, not that bad of a play call. I mean, Vargo was open in the back of the end zone, just kind of missed. I mean, yep. it's going to happen. Um, hindsight's always twenty twenty though, and I think sitting here having seen what happened, a lot of us would go, oh, I don't see why we should have just kicked it. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we should have. But a lot of people in the crowd, as soon as it was happening, were like, why are we not kicking it? Yeah. But, again, there's the other half of the crowd that's like, oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I like I said, I get it. You have the momentum. You know, maybe that's a situation. I mean, if you've been listening for a long time, you'll remember us having this conversation on, like, one of the very first podcasts we had. But we talked about. Uh, I think it was me, Langston, and Elijah. We were talking about there's just some games that you have to win in regulation. Yeah. And maybe that's where the coaching staff was thinking. You know, this is a game we have to win right now. We can't take this to overtime or we're going to lose. So I understand the gamble there. I understand kicking it and because most teams, if you're the home team and you're in a situation like that, you're going to kick it and try and win it in overtime. Yeah. Road teams more likely going to go for it, try and steal one on the road, you know? Yeah. So, I mean – trying to put myself in coach abs shoes here if the right person gets in my ear and says hey let's we're going for it we're gonna win this football game right now mm-hmm. heck yeah let's do it we're hey draw up the best dang play you got we're going for it um but if somebody in my other ear you know it's that angel and devil conversation yep. sitting on your shoulder like hey man play it safe kick it our defense is on fire right now you know i might just whoa 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 hold our horses here we're kicking it we're yep. kicking it we're gonna you know so I don't think it was. Again, hindsight's twenty twenty, and because you didn't, because they didn't win, because it didn't work, it seems like a like a bad call. But if it works and they end up winning, he looks like a genius. Yep. That's so the thing with sports, sometimes you just got to decide: Do I want to be the hero? If you gotta make calls where you're gonna be the hero or the villain, and it's like I don't get paid enough. <laughs> I don't think decision. you get paid at all. I don't get paid at all yet. <laughs> I don't get paid nothing. But uh, yeah, in my opinion, and I know I'm not the most forward person with football, but to me, it just seems too much of a gamble at that point. I don't even see it as a risk. I see it as a gamble. And I remember Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski once said, as a coach, you never gamble. You only take risks. And at that point, like, the offense, they were starting to get it going a little bit, but at that point it was still a little shaky. And, like, hindsight's twenty twenty. We've said it a million times. But that's just my opinion on it. I just feel like it's too much of a gamble. But, again, if he, if he gets it, he's the hero. Right. And, I mean, that's just the uh, catch-22, you know. That's the whole situation. Yeah. So. So are you saying you'd have kicked it? I would have kicked it. Ah, uh, okay. Because I 
going back, I do remember on punts, they got Rose Holm got really close to blocking a couple of those. Yeah. But I don't think they got as close on field goals and PATs. So I would have thrown Hibbets in there, who's essentially automatic at that point. Yeah. I so, mean, being a part of that in high school, I'm a lot less on the line, but like it was homecoming my junior year and I was the long snapper. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, I wanted to go out and tie it up. I think we were in overtime or we, yeah, we were in overtime and we had scored. I was like, yeah, let's, let's go out and snap it, run a field goal, kick it, stop them and then go win the game. And we're sitting there in the huddle and the coach goes, ah, we're going for it. And it's like, why would you do that? <laughs> but that was a, I mean, that was a, 180 different situation. We were the team that were up initially mm-hmm. and the other team had came back. So I don't know. I I'm just going to go with it. A gut instinct wanted to go for it. So I'll just yeah. say I would have gone for it in that situation. Okay. It's tough. I wouldn't admit it on the broadcast, but <laughs> if I was holding a controller and playing against the computer, I definitely <laughs> been like, yeah, we're going for it. No respect for the hall of fame CPU. Absolutely not. Chris move. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We take this very seriously, by the way. Yeah, it's a very serious podcast. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and look forward to this week as we're going to face Mount St. Joseph. Yeah, from uh, same conference as Rose Holman. They're 1-1 one one on the year. They lost to Albion week one, 36-20. Uh, that's a team that's picked to finish ahead of us in the conference. I think this is a good chance for us to go make a statement this weekend and beat a team that has already been beaten by somebody from our conference and to beat a team that the team we lost to last week will probably end up beating in conference. So, you know, like I said, it's, it is the team's chance to go make a statement kind of a 50, 50 offense about the same amount as of rushing attempts as passing attempts. Um, lost my train of thought. Oh, Josh Taylor, their quarterback, 71% 71% completion percentage, five touchdowns, one interception, 387 yards through the two games. Is a dual threat guy. He can run it. Okay. And Austin Brock's his favorite receiver, 149 yards receiving, three touchdowns. But just a guy you're going to have to keep your eye on. It's going to be a lot like playing an Alex Price who can run it and throw it. Yep. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the defense plays it this week. You can't be too over aggressive against a guy who can run and pass. We're yeah. seeing that. We're seeing that with guys like Lamar Jackson in the NFL. I mm-hmm. mean, he's a really gifted runner, but he can burn you throwing the ball. Yeah. So you just have to you have to be dis- oh my goodness disciplined as a defensive line. Make sure you stay in your rush lanes and don't get too far upfield to where you're going to open up the field for him. Yeah, it's tough with dual players like that because. Also, it's a dual threat offense at that point. Like I said, they're about 50-50 running and passing, and that's going to be tough to defend. So I am really intrigued to, like I said, see how the defense plays it this week. Yeah, it's going to be a good one, though. I think I think that defensive line, they're going to take another stride forward and be game wreckers and yep. do what they need to do to get a win this week. Yeah, so as we go into our uh, weekly score predictions... None of us got it last week. You were very close. Yeah, thir- I had 35-32 last week. I said 21-18 like a moron, so there's <laughs> Scorigami, that. Yep. right? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a scorigami at that point. That's yeah. just nice job, almost Drew. impossible. It's okay. 
So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with a better score All this right. week. I'm going to say Trine wins 28-21. Uh, Zane Kirby is also going to go for 120 yards. He's going to have oh, a bounce back week. That's a good one. I like that one a lot. You said 28-21? Yes, sir. Trying to make sure I uh, get this down right. And then you have Kirby for 120 on the ground. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that one. Bounce back. Offensive line gets going this week. Just go on full on Drake. I'm upset. Saying <laughs> Kirby's going to go off. I hate you so much. <laughs> um, Thanks for giving me the show, buddy. I like that. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, you're stuck with him now. <laughs> um, I like the 21. I think the defense has a potential to hold them to less. Mm-hmm. Albion held them to 20. I think Coach Abs and all the other defensive coaches are looking at that going, hmm. I think we can do better. But I'm also going to say that Mount St. Joseph scores 30 or 21. Okay. I kind of gave it away. I'm going to say try and wins 35-21. Oh, okay. I think the offense, I think you're right. I think Kirby runs for more this week than he did last. Well, I mean, not too too difficult to do, but right. the offensive line, I mean, it it could be difficult to do if the offensive line does not open up some holes, but only 35 yards last week. I do. I think he goes for over 100. I'm not sure if he gets to 120, but I think Price throws for 250 this week. Okay. I, I like that. He he did it last week, 17 to 34, 250, 257, one touchdown. Obviously, some of those passes at the end he had to force just trying to air it out, yeah. get downfield quickly. But yeah, I think Alex Price continues to take another step forward throwing the football and goes for 250 and I want to say. Three touchdowns. Okay. I think think the receivers open it up a little bit more. Kyron Pearson showed the ability to get open. Connor Arthur in the slot's a problem. Yeah. And then <laughs> you have time. you have and you just can't forget about Brandon Klein on the other side. So it's like you double somebody, but at the cost of yeah, you're gonna get burned. somebody else. Yeah. So <coughs> those are the predictions. Saturday, one o'clock. Be sure to tune in. It'll be Andy Brown, Nick Woolley, and Ben Wangard on the call. Those guys are going to do great. I might be in the crowd somewhere, so come say hi. Yeah, I'll be in. I'll be there too. So, got to do our journalistic uh, responsibilities. Thank you. Yeah, that's the word <laughs> I was looking for. <laughs> All right. Well, that will be it for this week's Storm Center podcast. I want to thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. I am at DFR00. He is at the real John K underscore. Also, be sure to follow Trine Broadcast on Twitter. So, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.